Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I've just realized that my whole life is just one instance of putting peanut butter into my mouth to the next instance of putting peanut butter into my mouth. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's just, every, it's just I find myself so often I'm eating peanut butter sandwiches, peanut butter crackers, Peanut, you make your own peanut butter when you eat a lot of peanuts at one time and you just kind of mush them around in your mouth, you know? <laughs> like, if I was allergic to peanuts, I'd probably be dead. Every freaking week, every week, right before we start recording, Ethan goes, Patrick, what should our opening banter be? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, let's just start it. And then he says something like that. <laughs> and I'm just like, we didn't even need to plan that. You just said, <laughs> I eat a lot of peanut butter, LOL. <laughs> Oh man! Sorry, I just thought of it. I didn't mean to abandon our intro banter plans. I just thought it was important that you know. I'm trying to share things about my life with you. Anyway, welcome to the Crunch. This is episode 11. I am Ethan, aka at Propostle, aka the best tweeter you'd ever know, aka. Go ahead, Patrick. I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. Ethan's biggest fan. Truth. I don't know. Some people might fight you for that title. My best friend Haley listens to this. She'd probably fight you over it. She's going to be at Seek. You guys Your best friend's a girl? My best friend is a girl. Do you want to change the podcast topic? We've talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's a podcast for another day. It is. We've, had, we've done that twice today. We recorded... Okay, so this is going up on November 20th, right? We're recording a little yes. bit early because of Thanksgiving break. And... We recorded next week's before this week. So we recorded the one for the 27th before the one for the 20th because we didn't know what we were going to talk about for this one because we are not good at coming up with ideas. And it just gets really confusing because we start referencing things that haven't happened yet in next week's. It's weird. It's You'll, you'll figure it out. But For instance, I talked <laughs> next week about how I wanted tea – but didn't get any tea. And now he has and the now tea. now I have tea. So it's like, where's the continuity, guys? Like, what's the deal? I talked but don't about... don't worry, I got, I got my tea. I talked about uh, not having patience. And all of a sudden, I've teleported back in time. And that's how impatient I am. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I didn't really talk about much in that podcast. That's not true. I talked that's a lot. That's true. I talked a lot about things. Anyway... Oh, we need to do Crunch of the Week. Hold on. This is important. We got a good one. It's from Catholic Knight, our good friend Andrew. Um, Let me pull that up real quick. I know exactly where it is. It's really good. If you want to be on the Crunch of the Week, please leave a review on iTunes, and we will read it out. Patrick, why are you Snapchatting while I'm recording? This is not the time nor the place. I'm over you. Anyway, Andrew says... Downright hilarious with good theology. Those two things have never been put together in reference to me before. 
this is great. I'm impressed by the work you guys do and the quality of the content. To be in college and regularly do this for 10 episodes so far is a feat in itself. You're gosh darn right. And to be very interesting blows me away. Keep up the good work. Praying for you both. If you ever need a guest speaker, always willing to help. If the Holy Land is ever retaken, I'll officially make this the podcast of Jerusalem. Deus Fult. Signed, Catholic Hilarious. What a good guy. If you don't follow him, follow him on Twitter. He's one of the OG Catholic Twitter squad people. Um, the Estovir blog squad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we, we used to do – there was all of these Catholic guys on Twitter that tried to do a Catholic blog, and I never wrote anything for it. I tried to, but I just – I didn't because I was lazy. It was a great idea. It was a great idea, but we never executed. In execution, it was terrible. Horrible. I think – who wrote – I think Andrew wrote some articles. Oh, I wrote some stuff. You wrote some stuff. Yeah. But – it was just it never took off. It was a great idea in practice if we were actually like good, but we were young. Yeah, then. that was like two years ago. That was so long. Wow. ago. Wow. Well, it was two years ago, but it continued into last year. Right. I just forgot about it. Every time you remind me, I kind of cringe because I'm like, oh, I should have done more with that, but I didn't. I'm gonna do yeah, this it's podcast. Not like a cringe, instead. like it was embarrassing. It's like a cringe of like guilt. You know, like uh, yeah. Ooh. I didn't put as much work. Dad, it, not again. <laughs> anyway. Topic. <laughs> Smoothest transitions in the game. Um, we've got, we had some ideas. We were just tossing around ideas, you know, Catholic this, Catholic that. Um, what kind of Catholic do you do? I don't know. I'm, I, I do this Catholic. How about your Catholic? And the idea came <laughs> up. It was my idea. I have the best ideas. Nobody else has ideas like mine. Sad. Um, I know it. You know it. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. People have been telling me for years it's going to be huge. (laughs) I really want my Trump impression to get really good over the next four years. Right now it's not that good. I can't get the tenor of the voice down. But once I get it, it's good. So topic. Topic. Um, (laughs) uh, We don't talk about this hot button issue. Not hot button. It's um, it's kind of It's a, a button. There's a button. There's a button. It's a button. It's an interesting topic because a lot of people are very passionate about this and will tell you you're a bad Catholic if you think one way or the other, um, or you don't have a good faith life, or you're Boo. fake. But it's the idea of retreats. We want to talk about retreats because retreats have been a very important, I don't want to say tool, but um, way for me to engage in my faith as a young person, uh, both in high school and um, in different ways now that I'm in college. And I think it's important to explore kind of what a retreat is, what a retreat should be, how both you and I have learned about retreats and grown through them, and then where that has brought us in our faith lives and what we wish would have been different, what we liked, what we, you know, all all those types of things. I don't know. We're going to wing it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Do you um, want me to go first? I mean, I can just talk about my, I don't know. Yeah, what what was the first retreat you went on, Ethan? And how was it? Ooh. The first retreat I ever went on actually that wasn't like a confirmation class like forced retreat. I guess I can count that. I guess that was my first one was when I was in 8th grade. Um there's a guy named Paul Masick. Have you ever heard of him? No. He's fairly regional. He's from St. Louis. Um and he he does confirmation retreats. That's just like his thing. He just it's called the Reap Team. Um they're pretty cool. I was a fan of them. But that was my first retreat. It was a confirmation retreat. We went in. He talked to us, and he was funny. And I was, you know, fairly into my faith when I was in eighth grade. Like I knew all the answers about everything. I cared more about it than the average person, you know, because I was raised that way, and I liked it, and I knew about it, and it was good. So I enjoyed it. 
we played some silly games. Um, we had small group discussions. It was awkward because this girl was like, you know those girls that are in your small groups that are just way too quick to open up and are super emotional yeah. within like the first five minutes? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me in my first <laughs> first retreat experience. Um, but it was just a day long. It wasn't bad. Um, the first overnight retreat that I ever did was when I was a freshman in high school. And it was through my youth group. And it was all, it was like an all nighter. We stayed up all, we were supposed to go to sleep, but me and my good friend at the time, Josh, just kind of stayed up all night and flirted with the girls. And we didn't really do anything. It, I don't remember there being any adult supervision. I don't remember what the point of this retreat was. I just remember that we stayed up a whole lot. Um, but that kind of being in that environment and like making friends with the girls telling you about Haley, um, she was at that retreat and she's the one that got me to go on Steubenville, which was my first ever like big catholic thing and that's kind of what lit the fire for me as far as like learning more about the faith and going on more steubenvilles and then doing all that so so steubenville was the first big conference that i went on phenomenal loved it um i've been back five times i'm going back another time this summer god willing um love that trip to death i think it's great does so much good for the for the teens Mm -hmm. um and then kairos was my senior year I didn't go to a Catholic high school. Some schools, like, they did a Kairos retreat, which is, if you don't know what Kairos is, it's like a Jesuit retreat. It takes the Jesuit seven-day retreat and just boils it down. At least the way we did it, it boiled it down into three days. Some people do the full. Maybe some people do a four-day. If you've ever heard Live the Fourth, that's what that's from. You ever see someone wearing, like, a Jerusalem cross on their neck, uh, usually they get it from Kairos. Anyway, so I did that, and I led that, and that was really powerful for me. Um, and then coming to college... Um, there was is a retreat at my student center that I haven't been to yet. I've gone to the retreat at KU, which sounds kind of treasonous, but um, Haley's boyfriend was leading that, and I wanted to go support him because he's a great guy. And I met lots of friends through that. And then just conferences, and then Seek is the big one coming up that is really yeah. driving this whole. Like that's why I'm excited. That's why I wanted to talk about this because Seek is coming up, and I just yeah. want to get hyped and ready and pumped and all that stuff so what was that what was that that you yeah. said right before we started that like you become more you become like yourself at conferences yeah oh yeah. man for those of you that are going to be at seek get excited because you're going to see like you you see kind of a more unfiltered version of me on twitter and on the podcast but when i'm at conferences holy cow i am like the most pure version of myself that is possible because i am around all these people i'm not around any adults first of all very important no, I'm not like looking for adults. anyone's approval or anything. I'm just totally me. I'm running around. It just fills me with so much energy to see all these people excited for the faith, you know, because in that environment, everybody is excited. Like it's almost impossible not to be. And I feed off of that. I love it because, you know, I'm just generally an excited person. I generally like love the faith and all these things. And seeing that in other people gets me going. I'm going to be running around, talking to all the booths, saying hi to all the pretty Catholic women from around the country, dating half of them probably. And then going home and just thinking about how amazing of a week it was. So I'm I'm pumped about that. That's all. I, I'm pretty excited too. I my my first retreat was a Steubenville conference. Yeah. And um, it was like I didn't really realize the importance of my faith, mm-hmm. but I accepted it just because it was what like my I I, I kind of adopted the whole like. I was never really into my faith, and then I went to a Steubenville conference, and I saw how important it was. But it's like, honestly, that that would be that would be unfair to how my parents raised me. Right. My parents instilled 
a, a very important sense of faith in me, especially my mom. She took me to mass all the time. I was I was very aware of how important my faith was and dedicated to it. But it was it was really when I made my faith my own. That's how I should put it. There you it's go. um, it's like I had an encounter with Christ, realized like what my sinfulness did, what it what it was, and um, it was between the summer of my eighth grade and my my ninth grade year, and um. The reason I'm laughing is because I had promised all my middle school friends that I would keep in contact with them, <laughs> and then I left them, went on this Steubenville conference, and then never talked to pretty much any of them again except through Facebook. And the really awkward part is, is I was, like, dating someone from middle school. And you got a girlfriend I in middle totally, school? Yeah, like, right at the end. That's not even big fair. Deal. I never got to date anyone in middle school. <laughs> No, okay, so if you asked her, she probably wouldn't even say it was a relationship, but, like... In your mind, we, you were dating. We, she really didn't we, think we, so. We dated for a week. Like, we were all about, like, like yeah, we like each other, and so we dated for a week, and then, like, school ended, and like, we you totally held forgot. Hands in between classes? We never... Here's the thing. I always tell people, like, we never broke up. Like, there was no <laughs> you're breakup. You're still dating. You're cheating on her with Sarah. Right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, we... It was because of the student comments. They really didn't, like... I didn't really want to talk to anyone from middle school again because, like, they were part of my old life, you right, know? I mean, right, I talk right. to them now. They're all good. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just that <laughs> that whole, like, the whole cutting off my old life was very drastic and, like, putting on a new right. group of friends. And so I had this really big, like, push into my youth group. And finally, like, instead of youth group being just something that I was, like, destined for because – that's just what you do. It was something that I did actively because that's what, you know, God willed for me. So it was, yeah. And then retreats after that got more and more personal and less and less about the flashiness. Yeah. Um, I was unaware that retreats could be just you in a room with a Bible um, and a, an adoration chapel until like um, a couple of years ago. Um, I was also unaware that you can actually be well rested on retreats. Like that's allowed. <laughs> Um, I still don't think I've been on a treat where I've ended up well rested. I went on lead and we literally eat every night. We got nine hours of sleep. It was awesome. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, I should have done. But yeah, so. Oh, yeah, you should have done lead. It was great. But yeah, I I don't know. One of one of the biggest uh, retreat themes, whenever a retreat was kind of explained to us as as youths was like retreat means like you to get away from the outside world Mm -hmm. and it's important. You know, that, that was, that was kind of what was given to us. It's like, you know, we're, we're bombarded all the time and we need to sometimes retreat, uh, and, and step back and reassess and then go back out. And, um, an important, I think like St. Francis sales would agree and make that further, you know, like, yeah, we need to like, we need to retreat exteriorly so that we can build the interior retreat so that we can continue to retreat when we're out in the world fighting and we can have a place within us to rest. Um, that being said, the huge stigma about retreats, especially Steubenville conferences. Yeah, I was about to ask is, you what you thought of Steubenville. Like, I just want to know kind of like your analysis. Like, overall, do you think it's good? Right. Do you think it's bad? Do you think it's too charismatic? Do you think it's, uh, I don't know. Do you think it's too focused on the emotional high? Mm-hmm. What do you, I don't know. What do you think? Because I know what okay. I think. I want to know what you think. Intrinsically, it's good. Okay. Um, now that that can be changed by the um, the motives of the speaker and the uh, motive of the, the conference attendee. Right. Conferences are a little bit different than retreats because there's so much activity going on. It's kind of like 
not a it's like it's a retreat but it's also like not it's a treat and like it's a retreat in like the physical sense of like you're physically retreating to this conference and like mm-hmm. you're not you're kind of cut off but not really because you still have your phone you're still tweeting and yeah. but also at the same time there's less of a there's less of like a a prayerful meditation atmosphere mm-hmm. at throughout the entire the, the the prayerful meditation is 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 less than at like a a normal retreat an adult ret- a grown-up retreat yeah, you know it's yeah, like yeah. At, at a high Are school you saying this is not for grown-up people <laughs> shame like, on you the, the whole retreat the ignatius seven-day retreat is like you by yourself with a bible in a room you know like that's not a steubenville conference by any means yeah. but anyway um the stigma about steubenville retreats is that there's just so much going on that you can't find god um, there's this idea that because like, okay, so that Bible verse, like God was in the wind, not in the fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was just about to say it. Um, you're, yeah. you're ahead of the game. That, that is, that is, uh, true, but using that to disown Steubenville conferences is, uh, misrepresenting the word of God yeah. and you should stop You also have it. to think like in the book of Joshua, God hurled boulders from the sky. Like just because God's there's one passage trebuchet. that says God is subtle does not mean that God is subtle everywhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about the transfiguration. Was that subtle? Prob's not, you know? <laughs> like, just because, yes, God is found in the whisper, that's true. The, but that doesn't mean that he can't be found in other places. Which yeah, exactly. is, for me, my personal experience at the Steubenville was my the first time I went my freshman year. Like, the big thing for me, I was I was sobbing. I was a baby. Dude, I was crying so hard. <laughs> but I, for the first time, I understood, like, what it means to be a part of the Catholic Church. You know, I saw yeah. how expansive it was. And granted, I was only in, you know, an arena with 3,000 other people. But still, it was just that much of seeing that many people just got to me. Like, oh, okay, I get this. I get that there are more people than just, you know, the few thousand families that go to my parish at home that don't ever say anything. There are people here that believe something that are affected by it that is changing the way that they live. And I, I mean, took that and I was like, oh, wow, you know, and I just ran with it and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down in fire. The apostles all of a sudden start preaching, and then 3,000 people are converted. Exactly. That's kind of what happens at Steubenville conferences. 3,000 people all in one place from all over the place Mm -hmm. grow deeper with Christ because of the preaching of a few people. Exactly. And there's a reason why the charismatic movement is called charismatic. It's because it's focused on the Holy Spirit. And... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a. You know. You guys. I'm, if you follow me, you know I'm not a huge fan of the whole traditional charismatic thing. But honestly, you need to put that aside. See our podcast see, on yeah. SoundCloud.com. Charismatics versus traditionalists. Fight night. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Fight night. 
you gotta like like put all that aside and then move like towards like what the true meaning of what Steubenville conferences right. uh, are. But yeah, it, it, uh, there's also there's there's stories of like people that reject Steubenville conferences because of the high. Mm-hmm. But then there's also people who embrace Steubenville conferences only because of the high. Yeah. There was a I forget where I heard this story, but it was a guy who literally like sold everything his family owned and went from conference to conference to conference living in his car and it's like that kind of stuff that's not good isn't that good yeah because you know you're not living your life yeah you're just kind of just chasing spiritual highs so so now there's balance yeah you know there's balance so now my question is you you mentioned and i agree with you i think that moving from retreats in high school to moving to retreats in college and beyond they have to be more adult they have to be more mature you can't focus on the emotional aspect as much because hopefully you've already been converted to christ hopefully you've already had an emotional experience if you haven't there's you know seek for that kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. um not sure what there is for adults i mean it's tricky that needs to be more of a thing but um accurate i think as i think honestly i think as our generation grows up we're going to develop more of that because we're going to see the importance and the lack but because think of think of how many catholic adults that haven't gone on a conference you know, or like haven't ever, haven't ever in their entire lives had an emotional connection with Christ or at the very least mm-hmm. a, not even an emotional one, but just a true conversion to Christ or a true realization. Um, yeah. that's, I think those would be great. Anyway, um, as it stands right now, as you're in college, what is like, what's important in a retreat, um, for us now, like for our average 20, 21 year old, you know, college student, what is needed in a retreat? Because I don't think it's the emotional high. I think it's something else. Yeah. Um, meeting the person of Christ. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I'll say. Like in terms of, in terms of conversion, mm-hmm. um, conferences need to be about meeting Christ as a person. And I think that's like, the reason why the emotional aspect is so highlighted is because emotion is a human thing. And sometimes we don't really think of religion as a person, you know? We think of we think of religion as ideas and philosophies. So when we meet Christ, we don't only have an emotional reaction, but we notice the emotional reaction more because it wasn't there before. So I think that's kind of what happens at conferences, and that's what we need at conferences. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking, like, logistically what I wish we would have at conferences, I wish there would be more... Uh, time set aside for personal prayer. But that's because I don't want to wake up a half an hour earlier than the conference starts to pray. Right. But then again, I could just do that on my own. <laughs> but I'm talking more like retreats, not not conferences. Forget conferences for a second. Like, oh, same. Same, same. Um, same thing goes for retreats. Oh, okay. You think that you uh, think, you, was... Do you think that retreats don't spend enough time on personal prayer? Um, the retreats that I've been to? Yeah. Uh, actually, that might just be a phenomenon that was unique to my own parish. Maybe. Um there just wasn't enough time for personal prayer, uh, except during like adoration after reconciliation. But that was all on Saturday, mm-hmm. so like Friday and Sunday, there those retreat times they didn't really have much prayer. But I mean, if you're really dedicated to daily prayer, you'll find time. Um, so yeah, but then again, like you know, honestly, if you miss your half an hour prayer time because you were on a retreat, I think God's okay with that. Right, <laughs> you know. My biggest uh, thing, yeah, that, that's just a logistical thing. But yeah. what I wish would improve on retreats is, uh, from from like an evangel- evangelism sense, mm-hmm. is the we gotta we gotta like get on the get on the foreground of this whole emotional high thing. Mm-hmm. I 
I always prided myself as the guy on retreats when I was like helping give them as like the guy who would give the last talk of the retreat, not because I was a, like, you were the like remembered, but because I was good at like reminding. Actually, it wasn't the last talk, but it was on Sunday. It was the talk that was like, "All right, now back to the real world. Mm-hmm. This is like going to happen. This is your this is your reality check." And it was like your re- your your spiritual high isn't going to last forever, but like it's the difference between growing and jumping. You know, if you jump up six feet in the air, you're going to come down. But if you grow six feet tall, you're going to stay six feet tall, you know? So, like, when I, I was I was once two feet tall. I'm not two feet tall anymore. I'm six feet tall. That's not a spiritual high. That's spiritual growth. So, like, what a spiritual high fosters is that ability to see what's up there. It's like when you're jumping up on top of the refrigerator to see where the cookies are kept. You know, you can see what's up there. And you're like, that's my goal. That's my goal. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. And... You might need to be reminded of that goal three times a year. You might need to be reminded of that goal once every other year. But, you know, you need to remind yourself of that goal. And this spiritual high, um, that that's like a that is a transfiguration moment. That's that moment on the mountaintop. That's the moment where you see the glorification of yourself, where you see man fully alive. You know, you were talking about that at conferences. You feel the most alive at conferences. That's your taste of heaven, and that's your goal of what you want to live because we want to live like we're in heaven, you know? Right. And I think a really easy way that I at least put that is, um, you know how you have mountains and valleys, right? Retreats and conferences are mountaintop experiences for most people, Mm -hmm. right? If you're having a valley experience – at a conference, I apologize. That's not the intent ever. Um, yeah, it happens but while, though. But while you're on the mountaintop, you need to take advantage of it. That's what I always say. That's my like go-to phrase is take advantage of this mountaintop because, like you said, you're not going to have it forever. And when you, yeah. when you do that spiritual growth when you're up there, it makes the valleys so much easier because you are – you've made decisions and you've made uh, – progress like you've progressed in consolation so that when you go into desolation you can just keep doing what you've been doing and you won't have to worry about changing anything because you already have started these habits you know uh on the mountaintop you know what i mean like that's super frat i think that's a great idea everybody should do yeah. that everybody should listen to me i have <laughs> the best ideas <laughs> no i'm not kidding sad sad um i think yes i agree with everything you said I want to highlight another aspect. Um, I think that more retreats... This is really hard for conferences to do. And I think if you are a chaperone or if you're going and you're taking a group to a conference, this should be your responsibility. But if you're going on a retreat and you're hosting a retreat, let's say for a Newman Center or a parish or a school or a fraternity group or a household or whatever, the focus, one of the biggest focuses should be is on community. That should be one of the biggest, biggest things in the world because if you read through um, Acts, specifically Acts 2, that shows you what a strong Christian community can do. You know, Hundreds and thousands were added to their number every single day because of the strength of the community. They were giving everything that they had to the church and everybody had what they needed because of the trust and the love and the faith that was in that community. That's like the model, you know, the, the community that we, the communities that we see growing in the book of Acts are the communities that we should strive to be today. And I think that, yes, we need more time for personal prayer and personal growth. That's very important, but we can't let that overshadow the need for good Christian 
brotherhood and sisterhood because that's what's going to keep you going. You know, you can't – if I didn't have any friends who are Catholic, if I didn't have Catholic Twitter, if I didn't have, you know, all of my good friends and the people who have supported me, I would not be, you know, where I am today. Yeah. And that all st- – most of those relationships and friendships have stemmed from some type of conference, some type of retreat, some type of shared experience that has built us up together. Like it's a, it's not just like me up here and then I'm like dragging my friend up with me. It's like we climbed this mountain together. We're up here together. Like let's wreck some stuff, you know? Like let's yeah. let's run train on this world. And, and that, that's what we need. That might be the that might be the difference between retreats and conferences. You know, I think it can be both that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think like conferences really aren't focused on personal growth. Conferences are kind of building the church globally, whereas retreats build the church locally. Yeah. You know? I think they both do them. I think they both focus on both aspects. I think they both focus on personal and community, but they mm-hmm. both lack in different ways. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that like, makes sense. Like, a re- like a conference will focus on personal growth, but it will lack in kind of the more specific intentional – um, type of prayer that you can get and you can access on a maybe a more silent retreat type of thing, right? Whereas mm-hmm. that same retreat is not going to be building up much community because if you're spending all your time in prayer and silent meditation with God, you're not going to make friendships with other humans, you know? Yeah. And so while while you still might be there together, that's it's very different than going to a conference. So I think they both focus on both of them, but they and that's just something that you have to understand when you go into it. What am I trying to get out of this experience? What is – and if you're planning it, if you're running it, what do I want these retreatants or these conference attendees to get out of it? And how do you how do you reconcile those two aspects because they're both vitally important and you can't have one without the other because personal yeah. faith nine times out of ten will fail without community and community nine times out of ten will fail without personal faith. And so – how do you do both? I don't know. That's why we have a church that's lasted for 2,000 years because we're not good at it. And so we keep trying, essentially. I, I brought this up a couple of podcasts ago. Did you? And I have another edition. But, like, yeah. there, there's – you bring up a good point. You know, we need we need retreats. We need conferences. We need personal retreats. We need all of this stuff. Um, you can't just say, like, I like doing personal retreats and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you can't say, I like going to conferences and that's it. Um, there's been a sentiment of uh, – of anti-conference um, by by a couple of individuals that I've seen on Twitter. It's not like one person or the other, so I'm not just going to list their names off um, like I did that one time. Then um, <laughs> you had to DM him to make sure that he wasn't going to get mad at you? Well, no. I I didn't actually talk to him or her yet. Him. But, it's a guy. Um, I just wanted to let them know that I don't that I, I know where they're coming from, and I don't hate them, but I think that they're wrong. Um, it's like, like this idea that, uh, someone told me that I don't need to go on Kairos. I can just spend a week in a convent. Um, that tweet got a lot of retweets and a lot of people were like, yeah, you don't need the Kairos retreat. And I was like, well, what if that, what if that person did need the Kairos retreat and you took them away from it mm-hmm. and God was trying to bring them to that retreat? And that makes, not everybody's in the same place. Yeah. That makes you kind of a chotch if you do that to someone. Um, and then, you know, like. Why don't we just like spend it's a, it's an important question. It's a good question. Why don't we sp- spend $800 on Seek and give it to the poor and go to spend time in adoration? But that's because we're getting something different out of Seek than we would out of a week of adoration. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
I agree on all points. I've never disagreed Retweet. with you before in my life. Yeah, I feel like that's true, actually. <laughs> no, I disagree with you on a lot of things. I don't think half of your tweets are as good as you think they are. Um, I know all my tweets are trash, but <laughs> I'm saying, like, I've, like, never gotten in a disagreement with you on Twitter, I don't think. Like, I've, I've disagreed with plenty of people on Twitter. Right. Like, I've disagreed with Lizzie, and she's, like, super lovable. But, but it's not like I'm not posting super opinionated things. I'm just like, here's a stupid Kermit true. the Frog picture. Have at it, you <laughs> filthy peasants. Like, that's not – I'm not trying to make – points about anything i don't understand how i have followers still like what <laughs> it's because you don't post hot takes it's uh, yeah i post too many hot takes no it's just i don't know what it is we can talk about my twitter a whole nother time we're we're and that's a podcast for another day it is a, that's the third one today that's been a podcast for another day <laughs> we gotta write them down oh uh, well we can just re-listen we'll be fine not true anyway this was good i hope you found this interesting for those of you that have been on retreats and are maybe a part of this conversation, I'm hoping that you can take this and if you're going on Seek, maybe think about this as you're going into it. If you're not going on Seek, um, maybe there's a different retreat, maybe at your Newman Center or at your home parish or wherever that um, you can think about these things and apply them. Um, maybe you can't. Maybe this was all a waste of time. We're all going to die anyway. So what's the point? I'm kidding. All right. Nihilist. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> uh, please leave a review. Please uh, rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. Follow us both on Twitter, Ethan and Patrick. Uh, links in the description. The Patreon. I forgot to mention the Patreon in last week's, next week's yeah. podcast. Um, but please continue to donate to the Patreon. Um, if you want to be in the Crunch of the Week, write a review. You're the best. You're the best crunchers in the world. That's my name for the people that listen. You revealed that in next week's podcast. Oh, shoot. Never mind. Edit that out. I'm talking about Don't actually do it. It'll be funny. Yeah, it'll be fine. You'll figure it out. Anyway, that's all I have. You good? I'm good, man. All right. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, please pray for us. We'll continue to pray for you. And we will see you on the Twitters. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.